The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Marion McKeown, we had a lengthy item earlier in the programme with Fintan O'Toole about Russell Brand, which we will put up as a podcast for people who may have missed it. But in America, there's been an enormous amount of attention recently on Danny Masterson. Um, just tell us about him and why it is that Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis have been caught up in their defence of a convicted rapist. Right. Um, well, uh, Danny Masterson was um, in a hit show in America. I think I think it was shown in Ireland as well, called The Seventies Show. Yes, I don't remember it, but anyway. That Seventies uh, Show, just to be precise that, about it. That Seventies Show, exactly. Um, now, they were very, the, the three, uh, Kushter, who's married to Mila Kunis now, um, and Masterson were all friends in the show. They came up together, etc. She referred to him as being like an older brother and a role model etc. Now that's all very well but she said that after uh, he had been charged with rape and so what happened was he was sentenced to 30 years in prison last week. He was convicted on two counts of rape uh, which took place about 20 years ago, about two decades ago I think um, and as I say they they wrote um, these glowing character references for him during the trial in May and this is in the States and in Ireland as well a common part of a, tri- a trial process where you will write friends and family in a bid to sort of mitigate the sentence, we'll write these character references and say things like, yes, they made a mistake, but they're a very good person. Uh, and and Kushner and uh, Kunis kind of went over the top, describing him as having, you know, an, uh, Kunis um, praised him as an outstanding role model. Now, he's an, an exceptional older brother friend. Now, that is just bizarre, given what he was convicted of. Um, uh, Kushner also said before the trial, he can't know if he's innocent or guilty. Well, that is true, but a jury has since found him guilty. So I think it's safe to say that he was guilty. Now, they did apologise and they said, that, you know, and you can kind of understand a bit that if you've known somebody for a quarter of a century, and these are all in their 30s and 40s, they've worked together since they were kids, uh, and they're asked to write a character reference by his family and by him, it's a tricky situation and you can have sympathy for that, but there has to be a point where you, you know, you, you cannot provide such a wholesale endorsement of somebody's character when they've been convicted of rape. Uh, so they've now resigned from this um, child abuse uh, charity that they had founded. And it's another of these situations that seem to arrive in the States on a daily basis. As you said about Ru- Russell Brand, who was married to Katy Perry, of course, who lives in LA for um, 14 months. There's huge coverage of that here as well. And, and people are sort of reeling but you know I mean Brand like his behaviour for decades has, be, has been appalling yeah, but I don't going, know going back to the, the Masterson thing as a listener says a certain religion played a huge part in this case as well there was a big Scientology element wasn't there as well and the women yeah. who made the allegations been, been put upon by the Scientology movement not to press charges that's right. And, you know, that has happened. That is not the first Hollywood case where there has been a Scientology involvement and where because they are part of this church and the church said that Church of Scientology says, you you know, it really discourages them, it pressures them, it, it really browbeats them into not doing it. And yes, there is a lot of, you know, there are a lot of different elements in this. Uh, and yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's all really disturbing. And as I say, it's not the first time that the Church of Scientology has tried to dissuade very, very actively, uh, that we know of certainly, uh, women from coming forward with, with claims of sexual abuse and rape against prominent members in the Church of Scientology. 
And, you know, I mean, we see parallels. We don't have to go too far to talk about parallels. We've seen in other churches as well where similar things happen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, indeed. Actually, you mentioned briefly the Russell Brand uh, situation. There were some people getting in contact with the programme defending him, saying innocent until proven guilty. Uh, But the amount of coverage on this side of the Atlantic, uh, what's the tenor of it in the United States? Well, the tenor of it in the States is that that he's he's a pretty big star here and he's got his podcasts and he's, you know, he's he's sort of had a foray into Hollywood, not that successful with Arthur and a couple of other kind of forgettable movies. Uh, but but he, I think he, he's known here as Katy Perry's ex-husband uh, and, and there's attention from that perspective. And yes, um, of course, there, there you have to be incidental proven guilty because there is another case uh, with Chris Noth, whose career is over as a result of three women claiming um, serious sexual misconduct on this is the actor from Sex and the City. That's right, but they have never gone to the police. There have never been charges brought against him, and yet his his career is effectively over. So you've got to have a balance, and you you know. But the investigations into Russell Brand, which he denies vehemently, we have to say, you know, to, to uh, are are um, really shocking as well. And and you know, you're talking about one of the the alleged victims is 16 years of age, and you know, like what he seems to be equating with his period of promiscuity. As he calls it, uh, seems to have had really devastating consequences for other people who didn't see it as such at all. You know, so I think it's another, it, it just seems that, as I say, there's a never-ending stream of these cases um, where celebrities apparently, and again, with the caveat, you know, he hasn't been proven guilty, seem to think that they can do what they want. It's the old Donald Trump thing. You know, when you're a star, you can do whatever you want. They let you do it. Uh, okay. and, and it's really disturbing. We have made contact with Cal Thomas who joins us now. And Cal, I want to move on to something else. I want to talk about a Republican congresswoman, Lauren Boebert, who has been seen on a video of giving a performance of a kind while in the crowd at a musical called Beetlejuice in Denver, in which her male partner was groping her, in which she was vaping and filming when she was told not to do so. What sort of behaviour is that for a Republican congresswoman? Well, you're exactly right to ask the right question, Matt, but an even greater question is why do especially religious American conservatives continue to support people like her or Nancy Mace, a Republican congresswoman from South Carolina who got up at a prayer breakfast in July and said that she was almost late because her fiancé with whom she was living wanted to have sex that morning. And then, of course, you have Donald Trump and a lot of these other things. I mean, this is the party of family values. This is the party of traditional marriage. And I think that uh, a lot of Republicans have made a pact with the devil, a uh, Faustian bargain, if you will, uh, that uh, temporal power is more important than moral power. And it really is disgusting. And I, I just, you know, you see the video of this. I mean, this guy, not... Not only was he a Democrat, <clears throat> but uh, he was he was groping her and she was groping him back. And now her husband is apologizing, saying that he was responsible for a lot of this uh, uh, bitter divorce that they're going through. But there's really no excuse for this. No, nobody uh, apologizes anymore. Nobody repents, to use an old biblical term. Uh, nobody says that they were wrong. Uh, they say other things. And, and the. You know, the, the Republican leadership, and starting with Donald Trump, frankly, I mean, a thrice married, multiple adulterer, uh, apparently uh, family values don't mean what they used to. 
Marion McCone, what do you make of that? Should people's private morality uh, be relevant to the discharge of their public duties? Sorry, I'm just amused that Cal is. It, um, the, the compounding offence here seems to be that she was being groped by a Democrat. <laughs> Absolutely unforgivable, Cal. Cal, for shame, for shame. Uh, you know, you know what? Look, this is, none of this is new. Newt Gingrich, uh, you may remember the morality leader uh, who went after Bill Clinton for Monica Lewinsky and all the rest, um, had multiple affairs. Uh, you know, he he behaved atrociously towards his wife while she was dying of cancer. Um, and you know, all of the people, who, you know, all of the Republicans who went, the, the leaders who went after. After Bill Clinton and who professed such shock and outrage over Lewinsky and yes, you know, it, it was an abuse of power, it was appalling behaviour uh, but they were having affairs and they were all involved, it's all hypocrisy you know, none of these people seem to practice what they preach and I don't really care that much about people's personal lives but what really does make me feel nauseous is when they start telling other people how to behave and when they start, you know frowning at other people and, and controlling how women can, can control their own bodies, etc, etc I find it disgusting. So yeah, but Lauren Bobart, look, she's always been obnoxious. She's she's a very trashy human being. I think it's safe to say that. And it's ironic because she and Marjorie Taylor Greene are are, you know, who who are always at each other's throats, have set themselves up as the arbiters of morality. I think Congress is just it's become too crazy. And of course now Marjorie Taylor Greene, Cal, has a sort of giving out about the dress code been one of society's standards that sets etiquette and respect for our institutions. She's furious that hoodies are now going to be allowed uh, in Congress. Tell us a bit about this. Well, this is a concession to uh, the new senator from Pennsylvania, John Fetterman, who had a stroke some months ago and uh, has difficulty apparently dressing himself and uh, and feeling comfortable in a suit and, uh, and, and tie and dress shirt, uh, which is the standard uniform of uh, the United States Senate. I don't have a problem with that. I think uh, Senate Majority Leader uh, Chuck Schumer is doing a very gracious thing for him. But uh, I think there are other problems in the Senate, including overspending. We just uh, crossed the $33 trillion mark. And I think that's something that uh, Senator Schumer and other senators ought to be addressing instead of uh, worrying about dress codes. Indeed, there was a big fuss here many years ago when we had a TD elected in the early 1980s, the late Tony Gregory, who came in to shock and horror everyone without wearing a necktie. And there was consternation about the idea that somebody would go into our Doyle chamber without wearing a necktie. Mm. We've come. But Cal, there's a listener here giving out about you saying you've turned into a rhino Republican, <laughs> as in Republican in name only. This person says you need to get on a proper MAGA Republican. MAGA rules the Republican Party. In fairness to you, Cal, you've never, ever subscribed to being a Republican. You've told me many times you're a conservative, and that's not necessarily the same thing, is it? No, look, Matt, I don't think conservative means you don't have uh, mercy or uh, sympathy for somebody else. But I've never seen you wearing a tie except on your webpage. <laughs> okay. Good point. <laughs> I, I used to, I used to once wear them more regularly. No, uh, Marion, did you get to see uh, Donald Trump on Meet the Press? Uh, yes, I did, and you know. Uh, Sorry, sir, is, the reason I ask yeah. you this, is the American media again going to fall short in how it deals with Donald Trump coming into this election cycle? Allow him to tell lie after lie after lie and not fact check it or not edit it when he is clearly lying? 
You know, yeah, because, and the reason is, and I hate to say it, it's all about ratings. Now, Kirsten Welker is a terrific journalist. She's one of the best journalists working in Washington. She's so smart and well-prepared and professional. And I think that she did try to do a thing where she came back afterwards instead of going down every rabbit hole with Donald Trump and fact-check him. But why have him on? Um, because you know he's going to lie. Yes, candidates have to have equal time, etc. But you know that if you have Donald Trump on TV, he is just going to lie and lie and lie and lie and then lie some more and he's going to contradict and he's going to refuse to answer questions. You know, she asked him one question about what he was doing on the day of January 6th and he said, why would I tell you that? Well, because you're the president or you were the president and commander-in-chief, you owe an explanation to the public. You know, it's, it's like, it was shocking the way he, his, his response is during that interview and you do have to think what is the point what purpose is being achieved by treating Donald Trump in a conventional way in the way that journalists interviewed politicians 20 30 years ago but then you have to ask what is the alternative because clearly we haven't found it I don't know what it is people tried to fact check him in real time and he just steamrollers over them and it you know it, it, it becomes a whole mess of sound and fury and and I think that that is his intention that if he can't get his point across, by God, they're not going to get theirs either. And and it, it, it's a pointless waste of time. What they do you think, uh, Well, he stopped uh, fact-checking Joe Biden, too. Uh, he just said the other day that uh, he was in New York the day after 9-11. He wasn't. He was in the Senate in Washington. Uh, he said that uh, he was arrested going to see Nelson Mandela in prison in South Africa. He wasn't. I mean, the, the string of, of lies that he tells are just amazing. I think most of the media have just given up on this, uh, thinking that basically all politicians lie at some point. And uh, so what's the purpose? But I think Marion's right. I think we need more fact checkers. But nobody has ever accused Donald Trump of telling and just one final one, Marion. I'm not sure Donald Trump is any great friend of the workers, but is he going to exploit the trade union strike by the auto workers in Detroit? And is, is Joe Biden, who comes from that background, going to flunk this one? You know, this is like the swift boat. I don't know if people remember of John Kerry versus uh, George W. Bush almost all over again, where John Kerry was a bona fide war hero. George Bush was a draft dodger. And somehow they flipped the script to make John Kerry some kind of a a liar and a coward. You know, um, I look. Donald Trump has never shown anything but contempt for unions, contempt, you know, for any organised labour. And yet he is. And this has been proven and I've seen it over and over again in Trump rallies that he will, working class blue collar Americans will ignore that fact to support Trump because he hates the same people that they do. So he will turn up there and, and because he wants to avoid the second debate, which is taking place in California. He will turn up there and he will do all this China stealing our jobs. It's all Biden's fault. And the union members will cheer and cheer. Now, Democrats want Biden to go and pick it. I think that's a mistake. He's the president of the United States. He's done plenty. He signaled his support for the unions. Um, and, you know, I think if Donald Trump is going to have a free-for-all there, there's very little Biden can do about it. Certainly, I don't think him showing up in the picket line is going to help. Okay. But it is a measure of how, how the you know, the, the, basically, it's, it's, it's like Alice in Wonderland here at the moment, that nothing is what it seems. So, yeah. Thankfully, we have you and Carl Thomas to fill us in on what is really happening. Mary McKeown, thank you. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today.